0: Water Values Podcast, Session 142.
1: Welcome to the Water Values Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to water utilities, resources, treatment, reuse, and all things water. Now here's your host, Dave McGimsey.
0: Hello, and welcome to another session of the Water Values Podcast. As my daughter Sarah said, my name is Dave McGimsey, and thanks so much for joining me. have a tremendous show for you today. We, it's, uh, our our, our feature guest is Adele Haj Khalil, who is now uh, the general manager of the Los Angeles Bureau of Streets. And he is uh, formerly uh, with, he was formerly with the Los Angeles uh, Bureau of Sanitation as an assistant director. And he had a, uh, he was intimately involved with infrastructure assessment, infrastructure planning, uh, kind of a holistic take on how Los Angeles deals with water. And he, he is, um, uh, you're, you're going to enjoy this because Adele is. Very authentic. He comes. He he just has a great way about him, and you're really going to learn. I learned a tremendous amount from this, and hopefully you will too. And uh, I, I just can cannot wait to get uh, to this episode for you. So just hold on just a bit. We usually have a bit of housekeeping. And uh, let's go through that housekeeping. First off, uh, thank you very much for all the ratings and reviews since our last episode. Uh, we're up to 116 total ratings uh, on Apple Podcasts. We got two new reviews in the uh, last two weeks. Uh, the first is Ari Brado. Uh, who says current and relevant, gives it five stars, and says great podcast for those already engaged with the water industry and also for the general public. So thanks very much, Ari. Really, Ari Brado, thank you very much uh, for that fantastic uh, rating and great review. Really appreciate it. Uh, also, Silly Rugger left a five-star review uh, five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, And it says water engineers. If you are an engineer working in infrastructure as a designer or a construction manager, this is a great podcast to keep you up on relevant water discussions. So thanks silly rugger for the five-star rating and the great review really appreciate it. If you have not yet rated and reviewed the podcast would greatly appreciate. It. I know there are a lot of people who listen to the podcast who have not rated or reviewed it. So uh, do me a favor, if you would, please. Just get on to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or whatever uh, podcast uh, directory you use and give us a rating and a review. Uh, it's pretty simple, and only a tiny fraction of you that, that, have, that listen to the podcast have actually rated it and reviewed it. So uh, please do me a favor and uh, rate and review the podcast. Second, if you'd like to financially support the podcast, uh, we'd greatly appreciate that. You can go on to um, the website, which is thewatervalues.com. There's a little PayPal button there just click on it. Any denomination helps defray the not insignificant cost of putting on the podcast. So uh, if you could, please, uh, any denomination is greatly appreciated. And thank you f- to those who have already donated. It's, it, uh, it really helps uh, ease the financial burden of putting on the podcast. Well, with that, let's get on to our feature interview with Adele Haj Khalil from the City of Los Angeles. This is a great interview. Uh, sit back and enjoy. So with that, open the valves, fasten your seatbelts, and here we go. Well, Adele, welcome to the Water Values Podcast. So glad you could uh, spend some of your day with us. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, for, yeah, for starters, can you tell us a little about uh, your background?
1: Yeah, hi. Good morning. Thank you, David. Uh, you know, uh, my name is Adele Haj uh, You know, I have 30 years of experience in the water industry and uh, worked uh, all my life of my career uh, you know, focused on water uh, at different level, different components of water, and uh, really uh, worked mainly in the city of Los Angeles, a uh, you know one of the largest cities in the, in the country and the world uh, with a very complex system, uh, a, a very uh, great system. But really, I've committed my life and my career to improving quality of life uh, in communities and uh, and across the nation. And making, um, you know, protecting public health and safety for everyone. But really, the biggest thing is is really highlighting the value of infrastructure and water in the life of people. So really, I worked hard on uh, on changing and transforming how we do business in the city and across the country. Uh, and I've served in different capacities at the local level, state level, national level. Uh, you know, you know, from being a, a, a assistant general manager engineer to general manager now to in the city to working with the state on the state permits uh, for the sewer system and, and best practices, working on the national level as, you know, board member and, and, and the president of the National Association of Clean Water Agencies and working with the U.S. Water Alliance, um, trying to really increase and share best practices and, and, and make all of the us better in serving our communities. And the, best, the biggest thing is improving uh, what we do. So right now I'm general manager for the streets in Los Angeles, I just took that responsibility. And I'm so excited that uh, after 30 years of working on the water, I can bring my water skills and integrated solutions into this industry to really transform our city to become more holistic, sustainable city.
0: Yeah, that, I, I'm, I'm on board with that. You've, you've obviously got a tremendous amount of experience that you can bring to that position. Uh, just for, for purposes of, of understanding your background a little more, could you tell us a little about how you got interested in water? Where where'd that come from?
1: It's interesting. It's an, I, I never thought about it really and how, how I, you know, sometimes life puts you in a place that's the right. Place. <laughs> I was blessed that I was in the right place. But really, growing up, I always wanted to be a doctor. Uh, I wanted to save lives and my second love is flying planes to get people to where they want to get to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in, you know, growing in Lebanon and, uh, I, uh, I, you know, it's, it was, I wanted to, uh, really get out and start working sooner than what it takes to get, becoming a doctor and getting all that stuff to help my family financially. So I jumped into civil engineering, uh, and, um, uh, you know, I, you know, as part of my graduate school here in the U.S., I got into water and water resources. Something that spoke to me, and um, and because I happened to work as a in a research area too on the side as I'm working for my bachelor's and masters, that was able to work in 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 the area of uh, uh, biomedical engineering, working on flow and heart valves and hearts and artificial grafts as I'm working on sewers and pipes and all that. So to me, it got me back to what I really loved all my life, but I didn't become a doctor and I wanted to save lives. And uh, and one thing I always, I remember from the days in Lebanon when we had the war, that anytime when water was scarce and anytime we had water in available or delivered or the faucet came out and there's water, it gave people happiness, it gave people joy. People loved uh, having water, so I kind of, all that for me, put me in a place to really put all my passion, all my love to really help people improve the quality of life, help people save lives, because we save lives, water saves lives, without water there's no life. And I was able to really get my passion in saving people as a doctor, and I wanted to really apply it. so I think things work for the best. I was put in the right place, and I can't say how blessed I am to really come to work every day, knowing that I'm making a difference, uh, you know, for people. I tell you a story, just to let you—just quick story.
0: Yeah. So
1: we're doing the grease control program. I managed the grease control program to reduce sewer overflows in this city. And I, as as I'm pushing hard trying to get an ordinance and compliance, my staff made. Made this caricature of me as a grease avenger, a superhero, overweight superhero stepping on the sewer, grease coming out of the sewer. And I said, you know what, if we make this happen, I'll put the costume on. <laughs> and, and you know, it happened. We have the ordinance. We held a huge campaign back in the, uh, uh, you know, not 2002, I believe. And I put the costume on. I have Leotard. <laughs> a superhero costume, and I went for a year uh, going to um, have a mask on and all that, and I felt like a superhero, (laughs) right? And because I was making a difference, and my daughter at the time was young, and she didn't know who I was, and, and she saw the superhero. And finally I revealed myself, and she said, Dad, so what do you do for a living? And I said, I keep the water clean and safe that we swim in. And I remember she was seven years old and she looked at me and she said, dad, thank you. That's a seven year old telling me, thank you for me. That changed my life because I know now I'm in the right place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a powerful story. And anytime someone has that kind of personal connection to, to, to an issue in, in your case, water and the clean water that came out, uh, you know, when you were in Lebanon, that that's obvi- that's a very powerful story, and, and you've done a terrific job. Let's talk about let's talk about that job that you've done. You in, in your your past work and with uh, the Los Angeles Wastewater Stormwater uh, Department, you you've, you've you know you, you mentioned it was a complex system. Let's let's start there. What what made that system so complex?
1: I mean, the city of Los Angeles is the second largest city. It's, it's widespread. We have over four million people, growing fast. Over the last four years, we've had over close to 2 million people in the city that were added. And we have 6 to 700 miles of sewers varying in size from 6 inches all the way to 150 inches. Uh, Every day we're managing over 350 million gallons a day of wastewater. Uh, Also, 85% of our water that comes to L.A. comes from somewhere else. So, So there's that whole issue. And every time it rains... Um, half an inch of rain in LA brings in as we know that it's raining right now half an inch of rain brings over 2 to 3 billion gallons of water that's washed down carrying pollution into our waterways and being wasted all these things come together and to me is is that, that the complexity of how we can really manage a city that was growing so fast that's dependent on water have an aging infrastructure and ensuring that our biggest uh, asset is our waterways and the beaches and the quality of our water. So, you know, all that together has to come in, and uh, and I was able to step in and and really start, I think, transform that relationship where we had with water and what we had with with our stakeholders and the stakeholders with us and water. So that's to me, that's that's the change that we've had really change and embrace in Los Angeles. And I know our mayor, Mayor Eric Garcetti. Uh, you know, has really transformed what we need to do with his, you know, the uh, sustainability plan for L.A., uh, giving us a directive to really make Los Angeles a a city that's uh, water-run, well that's sustainable, well-managed, and also with a uh, the, the highest quality of life that we have. So all these things are coming together. We were able to bring all that and I, it's 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 all about people, and we're able to come together and really change and transform our relationship with infrastructure and our water.
0: Yeah, and and let's talk about that infrastructure. You mentioned uh, it was aging infrastructure. How how do you go about assessing that? What are the, you know, be, because when you have a city that is that big, how can you possibly wrap your arms around?
1: Yeah, do, you know, I've, I've, you know, to me is, uh, you know, I've worked. Uh, on the collection system i mean to me you can't start dealing this there's, there's what's called basic services the basic stuff that you need to deal with before you start talking about water capture and storm water capture and and uh, and and water reuse and all that there's basic stuff which is making sure the sewage the water is being delivered. When you turn your faucet on, there's water. When you flush a toilet, it goes with no issue. So there's basic services, and the way we, we did it with, through a planning. Is first of all, if you can't measure anything, you cannot manage. You can't plan. So the first thing, basic stuff, is is, is basically knowing what you have having the infrastructure data, knowing what the system is, knowing the age, knowing the information, having the tools to measure, having a a flow monitoring system, a condition assessment system to know what you have. Without having that data, you cannot manage, right? So the basic stuff is is building your basic foundation of data assets management, uh, GIS information management, Capturing that information, having that available, moving up to the next level is measuring data. You know, condition assessment. You know, televising sewers, measuring flow level, measuring hydrogen sulfide levels, knowing how the system is functioning, so you can know what's going and knowing the what's how the system is performing. The metrics, sewer overflows, what's happening, how often is that being done, what's the capacity of the system, you know, what weather, dry weather. But then you start now looking at you can't handle everything at once, so prioritize it. So how do you prioritize? And that's something that we've looked really hard in LA over the last 20 years is, is changing how we manage and managing our system proactively. So we really looked at the history and, and identified where are the, the areas in the city. Uh, we have over 210 sewer sheds, areas that are, that flow into the system. And we prioritize those based on age, material, uh, sewer overflows, performance, and all that. And we prioritize it. And we, we came up with the top 20% of these uh, sewer sheds were causing over 80% of the problems. So what we did is prioritize, basically, based on the highest potential to cause an overflow. And we start focusing on looking at each one of them, and we develop a planning system. And each watershed has its own plan, Condition assessment, hydraulic, model, hydraulic assessment, and finding out what are the deficiencies, and and now developing a robust capital investment program, and continue to to basically measure, check, adjust, implement all these you know the cycle of adjustment, and a culture of staff having to understand what you're doing, and and we went out to really educate the the staff and. on on the value of what we do and how important what we do and and how important the accuracy of the data is. Without knowing what we have, we cannot really move forward. And I'm proud to say, you know, by doing all this stuff, we're able to change. The city had, back in 2001, over 800, 700-plus sewer overflows per year. It's uh, about 11 uh, sewer overflows per 100 miles per year to what we have today is about 70 uh, per year. It's a 90% reduction because of this proactive, systematic approach. And and I think, to me, that's basic uh, information. There is a – actually, we did a report as part of WEF and Water Environment Federation, NACWA, and APWA uh, years ago that I liked developing. Is the 12 best attrib- – 12 attributes of a effectively managed, Sewer system, uh, similar to 10 attributes of effectively managed utility. We did that for the sewer system. It's an online thing. It's, it's a basic stuff for utilities that are managing sewer system to learn the basic stuff. There's 12 attributes that you have to do to ensure that your system is doing the right thing.
0: Right, right. And, and you know, in terms of – so it sounds like one of the, the first things you need to do is break it down into manageable bites – uh, so that you, you don't get overwhelmed by trying to do the whole thing. So, you, you, like, for example, Los Angeles broke it down into each uh, individual, you know, sewer shed, as you called it. Sure. Um, and, then, and then
1: prioritize it and know the, the impact because you want to, you know, get the maximum bang for your buck. So, yeah. so re- really focusing on the ones that cause the most of the headache. You want to invest in ones that to make a difference. And by the way, by having success, it builds trust. Trust by the stakeholders, trust by the regulators, trust by your policymakers, that you are making a difference. So then that supports funding, that supports other things that come with it. So, yes, make sure that you are successful in the beginning to show that you can make a difference and you are are managing and showing performance improvements.
0: Yeah. What are some of those practice pointers to make sure you get that first step right?
1: it's basically it's 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 knowing that the the find the location or the the sewer shed or the areas that are causing you most of the pain and and it could be a, a simple solution but focus on those and 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 also uh, get those under control and that will give you a huge uh improvement in the performance and you can really showcase you know for us so we track monthly um uh, the sewer overflow reduction and, and, and you can see that chart going down and that gave confidence. And over time it became the annual chart. We're seeing it going down and became at the end, this big drop down into a, a level that, that people felt good. So really know that, that you want to invest in something that has the biggest benefit and biggest success that you have.
0: Right. Right. And what about, um, uh, you know, so you've built the trust. You've got the plan. The plan is going to be expensive to implement, right? We all know that infrastructure is expensive. How, how you know, what are the what are kind of the common sources? Of, what are, no, I shouldn't say common. What are the sources of funds you use? How do you convince uh, the, the legislative body or whoever has rate authority to to increase rates so that you can make those types of improvements? Yeah, so, it's,
1: uh, so I have the experience back in 2012. Uh, as we're moving forward with uh, uh, this this effort, we had to really uh, um, adjust our sewer rates it's, it's basically uh, local agencies basically the money has to come mainly locally there's no other money coming in so So what needs to be done is build the, the trust by the community members, the business members, the stakeholders that you are there's a need and you can deliver on the need, and what's the return on the investment they have? So we had a whole campaign that, that I led because we developed this uh, stakeholder-driven planning effort. Uh, I called it the Integrated Resource Plan, the IRP, which is an integrated planning that included sewer system planning, and we were sharing with a diverse group of stakeholders across the city what we're doing and why these are essential to invest in, because the cost of not doing the the investment is much higher. So for example, I had a meeting with a business in, in part of the city. The day before I went to that meeting, there was a huge collapse uh, of a water main, I believe, uh, that caused the whole community to shut down, and it was not planned, it was an emergency. and you know, the construction repair under emergency. First of all, it's the cost was 10 times the normal cost if it's done normally, but then the impact on the businesses in the area. So what I clearly said is like any business, if you don't have, if you have a strategic plan, you have to have strategic funding. And because if you do that, you don't do it, you are basically paying the money just from a reactive emergency repair you're not really making a difference. And as any business, what you need to do is invest to prevent the system from failing and, and invest it because it's cheaper. And then the impact on businesses, if you do a demand. So really, you got to shut down businesses, impact the businesses, the community. So we had a whole process of, of reaching out and building trust. And we put a plan together that we wanted to do it. A, we did a 10-year sewer rate adjustment one-time approval by our our council and mayor, which was unheard of, a 10-year plan. We still, right now, every year, the sewer sewer fees are being adjusted based on a plan that we did back in 2012. And we spent over a year working with neighborhood councils, community groups, business groups, telling the story, making the case, and building trust with them and showing them what are we going to be able to do. And what we're able to show also that the investment we made the years before is making a difference. So that trust happened. And I, you know, we had uh, reporters come testify and say, you know, and I think I remember there was an op-ed that was written by somebody that said, basically, um, we can no longer allow our systems to fail and overflow and, and cause sewage in our communities and streets. And we cannot have our kids cross uh, streets that have sewage. There's a common understanding that this is basic, that we need to address it, and we will do it. And I was able, it's just a whole process of outreach, spending you know meetings at night, during the day, we had an army of, of, of staff reaching out at the highest level, meeting with uh, stakeholders, so it's that. To me, one thing I would say to your listeners and everyone is the concept of out of sight, out of mind that we used to have in our industry for a long, long time can no longer be used. We cannot, it was easier for us before, but did not allow us to have that relationship. Uh, being out of sight, out of mind, means you're out of sight out of mind when it comes to money. So I think what I would assert to you now is our goal as utilities, agencies, whatever we are, is we need to make sure everything is inside and in mind every day, showing what we're doing. Every failure is actually a way, it's an opportunity for you to share the need. Every success an opportunity to celebrate. And I think by doing that and engaging the public, you can really go ahead and get the funding that you need as we've done in Los Angeles.
0: Yeah. Adele, I think that is, I I think that is the key message for all our utilities that we need to, to take advantage of all those touches you get with your, with your customers and, and build that trust and continue to, to move forward. Now, in, in terms of finding the biggest bang for the buck, as you, you indicate, that, that kind of speaks to me. You're looking for synergies with projects across, say, you know, synergies between the sewer and the stormwater, um, multi-benefit projects. Can you give us some examples of, of how you found that value, those, those, those big-ticket value items?
1: Sure. I mean, the first thing that we've done is we had a huge issue of bacteria, in our waterways on the beaches in Los Angeles in Santa Monica Bay. And we found that we have what we call the urban slobber. We have a, a separate system. So we have a lot of bacteria coming into our storm drains uh, going into the bay causing a issue with water quality. As you know, beaches are a valuable asset for Los Angeles and for our businesses. So what we did is working with our partners here is we develop what we call low flow diversions. taking the the low flow from a storm drain diverting it to the sewer system to get it away from going to the beach and getting it into a treatment plant for, a, for for reuse and also for treatment. That really changed, again, the quality of our beaches, the grades of the beaches that we have by our uh, uh, nonprofit and by the county health went basically from failure from F grade to A grade, uh, made the beaches safer, much better, and helped us get that that in in check. So that's an example where an investment uh, where we were able to utilize under, under capacity in the sewer system during dry weather, that you can actually put in polluted stormwater into the sewer system to help really address a, a, a public health and water quality issue. So that's the first partnership we've done. Now we're doing a lot more uh, collaborative efforts right now. There's a project that before I left sanitation, there was a project where we we're actually uh, looking for a water use area in the city uh, close to where UCLA is, and looking at a need for water, uh, water recycling in that community. As you know, UCLA also wants to become, sus- to be sustainable when it comes to water use. So the distance from our water reclamation plant was so far, plus also we have water quality compliance for our stormwater in the area. So now we're looking at a project to actually take water from the sewer that's running in the area in the park and looking at the storm drain that's draining in the area, taking those two things, building a water reclamation water purification system plant to treat wastewater, treat stormwater, and then basically distribute that as recycled water for irrigation for use. That's in, in process. This is a process that's moving forward. So that's a, that's a partnership. That we are looking at, and uh, and the more the more we do water conservation, our wastewater flows are going down in our industry, and we're seeing that stormwater can help augment and add more flow in areas, so we can have more recycled water. Because right now we're thirsty for more wastewater, but with conservation, it's it's, it's much less. So so this whole low flow diversion is actually coming back with another life to help really augment the flows to help us actually. Uh, uh, create more recycled water. So those synergies are are continuing and I think it's going to be something that we have to manage water as one water because that's something I've been I just finished developing the LA one water LA plan for 2040 and that was all about integrated water and water synergies and how we're going to work together uh, because you can't just plan for water in, in silos it has to be in holistic integrated one water approach. Yeah, yeah.
0: Can you? are you at liberty to kind of talk a little about that one water uh, plan? Yeah, yeah. Can, can you just kind of t- give us kind of the framework for w- for what it's what it's doing? The one water
1: plan. It's all about recognizing that you know before we used to plan for wastewater, we used to plan for uh, water uh, uh, recycling, water use, uh, water supply. We used to have stormwater and we have the sewer system, but we realized that. You have to plan together. So, just give you an example: is you know, the area where you have to really invest in water recycling is the area that you have the highest demand for water use, water reuse. So, if you put the treatment plant away from where the demand is, it makes it cost prohibitive to convey it to the place. So, let's figure out how we can work together. One of the areas that came out of the One Water, for example, is we know that one of the areas that is Great for infiltration from our water reclamation plant in one part of the city, uh, it, you know, is because of water conservation and the, and the potential of demand that we have for groundwater recharge. The supply from the wastewater uh, system and the water reclamation plant was much less than what the demand was. So, and we have the sewer system that falls gravity to go all the way down to the beach. And once it gets down to the beach, it's just so difficult to bring it back up to the system. So what we came as part of this plan is to build a sewer system to take a, a part of a large part of the wastewater system that used to go down to uh, our uh, treatment plant by the by the by the uh, by the bay, you know, and move it against gravity. And now we're building that facility to go all the way to the water treatment plant for the purposes of increasing water recycling and meeting the the city's demand and the city's need for being sustainable. That's a simple way of of really doing it and how we do it. And then stormwater capture and recharge is is great because at the end of the day, we import 85% of our water. So our goal is to actually uh, really import 50% of our water by 2035, and that's the goal by the mayor. So we are working closely and everything we do has an impact. So if we do it together, there's a a, a a synergy, there's a relationship, and and I think when it comes to money, if you leverage resources, so an area that floods all the time, you can actually capture that stormwater and put it in the ground to replenish the groundwater. That's a a a, a a a huge benefit for the community for everyone. But also you get a multi benefit. You're getting a, a potential, I mean, we're doing it as part of wetlands project that we're doing in, the, in one of parts of this city. We're taking 1,000, uh, you know, uh, uh, runoff from 1,000 acres, being treated through wetlands park and being put on the ground for groundwater recharge. Addressing flooding, addressing uh, quality of life because now you have a park and a wetlands. Uh, recharging the groundwater to create water supply. All these things are coming together. So this plan is actually putting all of us together and, and making sure that we are connecting and talking and have joint plans
0: together. Well, that sounds, that sounds great. I mean, I, I can't wait to, to take a look at that. Now, let, can, can, let's pivot to your current work. You said you're with streets now, yeah. and and that that has a relationship with, uh, with water, stormwater, and things of that nature. So can you kind of talk about the relationship of streets to, to stormwater and, and other water issues?
1: He said, "So what's going to happen to your You're managing water." I said, "Mr. Mayor, I'll keep my feet wet." <laughs> so, like, what, I, what I meant is that really there's a huge synergy that was probably missing a little bit. Because I think is we need our streets are an aging infrastructure, like everything else. Uh, we we need to invest in paving and, and renewing our streets, and but also trees is an integral part of our city. Uh, addressing climate change and and uh, heat island effect and. and and all those things come together, but stormwater capture is a key part. And I've done in sanitation is, is really invested in, in getting the culture of green streets and stormwater capture uh, as part of our design, create design standards. So now my role is now to bring that whole culture of integration as we build streets and improve streets to make sure that these streets are mobile, safe, accessible, but also sustainable. You know, uh, you know, how can we really build a street that is Uh, pedestrian-friendly, bike-friendly, but also water-friendly, tree-friendly, (laughs) shade-friendly, all these things come together. (laughs) My concept of stakeholder process, integration, coming together is something I'm bringing forward into this new role and just excited about uh, bringing that and and really transforming uh, our streets, uh, sidewalks, and making sure it becomes uh, a jewel for the future. And, And I'm excited about that opportunity.
0: Yeah, well, Los Angeles is in good hands with, with you at the helm there. Uh, so, so, Adele, we're coming to the end of our time. I really appreciate it. You've been absolutely terrific. I I, I have learned a tremendous amount from you. Uh, but, you know, what have I not asked you that you think uh, is important? What message do you want to get out that, that I haven't been able to, to draw out of you yet?
1: You know, it's, uh, I think we, we, we've talked about a lot of things, but I want to stress that each one of us play a role each doesn't matter if you're a an engineer, you're a sewer worker, you're a consultant, you're a politician, you're a policymaker, you're a regulator, we all have to work together. And we all have to really you know, a lot of times there's a lot of finger pointing. I think what we all need to come is come together. And I've seen that that in the at least in the water industry uh, happen where we're all coming together, collaborating Learning from each other uh, so building on this relationship and and investing time and resources learning from each other to me is if you're a small utility you're a medium-sized utility you need to partner and and you know maybe you don't have the resources to do and use bring the technology into your arena but if you partner with your neighboring cities, your associations, your groups to help you through the process to learn best practices. So let's not reinvent the wheel a lot of times, let's learn and support each other. So if you're a large agency, help the small and medium agency become better because the majority of our utilities and systems are small systems. You know, a lot of folks may not have the resources that we have in Los Angeles or New York or Chicago or other places. But I think we have a commitment to help each other. So, how can we continue to share? How can we continue to thrive to becoming the best of the best? Is for us to become better, not just one city, all of us, and all of us have to come together and work and collaborate and support each other. So, to me, it's I would say is uh, you know coming together is is, is um, you know is, is a great thing, uh, and I would ask everybody to get involved and, and do one thing. If you find just find one thing that you can change, I think you'll see a huge difference, and and you can build trust and start transforming where you are, your community, your agency.
0: Yeah, Why, wise words from Adele Hoshkhalil. So, Adele, I'm sure people are going to want to find out more about some of the things we've talked about today. Where would you send them uh, to learn more about you and your work with Los Angeles?
1: I would say just go to. City.org, uh, the website for the City of Los Angeles. You'll go to the mayor's website, sanitation's website, city services website. But also, you can go to lacitysan.org for any work and the great partners in the city of uh, sanitation who are environmental leaders. I'm proud to have been there for for over 26 years, and in that agency, I think great people are there. Uh, there's lastormwater.org that's available for information, but you can go get all that from the lacity.org, and, and uh, you can basically navigate and get a lot of information on the One Water LA Plan, the Enhanced Watershed Management Plans, the Sewer uh, Performance System that we've done. All these things are available. Uh, so go ahead and do it. And if you need to reach me, you can get me. I'm available through LinkedIn and. And through other means, um, my, my, my name and my number is available also on the website.
0: Great. Well, Adele, thank you again. You've been absolutely terrific. I really appreciate your time, and uh, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you, David. Appreciate it.
0: You bet. Well, I told you you were going to like that interview with Adele Hoshkali. He was terrific, wasn't he? Um, just, uh, he came across, he, he's obviously knows what he's talking about. He came across as authentic, and you can see why he was such a good, uh, he was so good at building teams and getting that collaboration and getting a consensus built to get projects done and getting, I mean, a 10 year. Uh, uh, infrastructure program with a rate increase right in year one uh, to build up that. I mean, that is a feat in and of itself. I'm very impressed with that. Well, in any event, I hope you enjoyed the podcast and uh, would love to hear what your thoughts are on it. You can check out the show notes for this session at thewatervalues.com forward slash pod 142. You can leave a comment on those show notes. You can email me at David at the Water Values. You can also tweet about the podcast using uh, the hashtag watervalues. Values. Uh, you can tweet at me with my, hash, with my uh, handle, which is at DTM1993. And as I indicated at the top of the program, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, whatever podcast directory you use. We greatly appreciate it. And you can also sign up for the Water Values newsletter at thewatervalues.com. Well, in closing, please remember to keep the core message of the Water Values podcast in mind as you go about your daily business. Water is our most valuable resource, so please join me by going out into the world and acting like it.